a relationship with what we wear is not just about going to the shops and buying something new. That is the really key essence of what the business is about. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you for hitting play and choosing to listen to one of our inspiring guests. Before we get into today's episode, uh, one of the members of my uh, e-commerce club recently said she's a little addicted to listening to this show on her drive to her hair salon. So hello, Natalie Page from omgbeautyproducts.com. Please don't crash, but thanks so much for being a part of the club and thank you for listening as well. Um, Love to do a surprise shout out every now and then for the listeners. So Natalie, hope you appreciate that one. Um, and we have a fascinating episode coming up for you today. As many of you know, I'm a little bit obsessed with how we as businesses can help consumers to make more sustainable decisions to help them get past that paralyzing confusion of what we're all supposed to do and how, if we do that help process, we will win a customer for life. We will build a better relationship with our customers. And how we go about talking about our sustainability, the ways in which we should be looking to become more sustainable. So it's a huge pleasure to have today's guest on. She's only a year into her e-commerce business, but she's been helping e-commerce brands and other businesses become more sustainable and talk about their sustainability for over two decades. Yeah, she was in early. And she's going to be sharing the lessons learned from the first year, which has mainly been about learning about the different things she's found that are working in the fashion space, how consumers are responding to it. And she's got some brilliant top tips coming up for you as well. So whether you're in fashion or whether you're in another sector, I highly recommend listening to this one because I challenge you not to come away with some really good nuggets and ideas by the time you get to the end of the episode. So make sure you listen right to the end to get uh, those brilliant top tips from my guest, as well as my own take on this episode. Are you part of the free Chloe's e-commerce club? Why not? It's my free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. It's all about helping you improve your e-commerce business, solving your marketing challenges, getting advice from other retailers who are facing the same challenges as you right now. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you too, which makes it the only place where you can get my help one-on-one. -on -one. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. Come on and join me now. Just just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come on, join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. Do you, like me, have a bit of a software tools habit? Well, I love a good tool and the impact it can have on my business. For me, a good tool is one that solves a problem we have, that can save me and my team time, that improves performance and where the price is 100% worth it. That's why I've always got an eye on the latest tools to appear on AppSumo. Not heard of it? AppSumo is a site where you can buy key software tools for your business once and own them 
forever. For example, we use a tool I bought from AppSumo in 2020 for $49 to schedule all our Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook posts. In fact, whilst creating and promoting this very episode, me and the team will have used at least 10 tools I've bought from AppSumo. I'm a big fan. So go on, check out what's on offer right now by going to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. That's ecmp.info slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O. And I bet you'll find a brilliant solution for at least one of your problems. Go to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. And now to introduce our special guest. Lucy Harold is the founder of Collar, a new style of one-stop shop for more sustainable fashion. Built on Shopify, the site went live in July 22, so they are one year old as you're hearing this, and they are already working with over 20 sustainable fashion brands and a growing group of clothing repairers as well. Hello, Lucy. Hello, Chloe. Thanks for having me. Uh, Brilliant to have you here. Now, We'll get into the collar story in a few minutes. But first off, you've been in sustainability for over 20 years, which puts you like so far ahead of the rest of us. How did that come about? I know. God, it makes me feel really ancient. Well, it was sustainability before it was even called sustainability. (laughs) Those days it was corporate social responsibility and lots of other names as well. Yeah, so I I had a, a short career in film PR, would you believe it? for four years. And then I um, had a bit of a sort of an epiphany, tried to figure out what I was actually going to do with my with my career and jumped ship and went to do a degree at Imperial and got into um, environmental management and, and as I say, corporate social responsibility and everything. And that sector has grown and grown as we've seen it into what it is now, the sustainability profession. Oh, so not only have you been in it for 20 years, you've actually got a qualification, which most of us do. <laughs> I do. I do. I hold a degree. It's extraordinary. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, it's been, it's been a hell of a journey. Obviously, the sector has expanded massively. Um, it started very much as a kind of um, a piece of the comm suite, I guess, a little section in the annual report, all that sort of stuff. And then developed into strategic planning and going up the, the food chain of big businesses into, into the boardroom and talking about what a business should be doing and how and who it speaks to and who it engages with and, and all those sort of meaty things. And so now you've decided it's time to run an e-commerce business. So how did, how did you make that leap from kind of the more corporate side of CSR into going startup scale with um, Collar? Leap's definitely the word, isn't it? I can remember <laughs> writing a LinkedIn post, kind of focusing on that, saying, I'm just about to sort of send myself off a cliff. <laughs> can anybody help me? Um, yeah, I, can't, I got to the point, as many people do, that I was, I was kind of looping around the same conversations that I've been having for a long time um, in my corporate role. And I knew there was no way I was going to uh, walk away from the the values I hold and and the direction I wanted my career to go, but I needed to do something a bit differently. Um, and I'd worked a lot with some big fashion clients um, through my consultancy work in the past, and I knew very much that that was the sector I wanted to zone in on. And that's obviously when we were coming off the back of the pandemic, and there was all sorts of issues going on in the sector, um, really lifting the lid on how that that industry really runs. And my overwhelming kind of thought was, we're coming 
out into the wider world, into the sort of shopper's face, if you like, with some really big challenging issues and problems, but we're not offering them the solutions. So we're holding them in a, in a state of tension, if you like. We're telling them that there's an awful lot wrong, but we're not offering the roots out. And, and how does a, a, you know, a really sort of, in inverted commas, mainstream shopper, someone who, who's just shopping for their clothes in a very regular way, how do they start to embrace some changes? And how can they divert their spending to places that are uh, more beneficial? And I was sort of casting around thinking, well, do I do that? Do I do that in a consultancy role? Do I try and help businesses do this? Or do I actually just say, do you know what? I have the opportunity here to do a piece of this myself. Um, <laughs> rather foolhardingly, really, maybe. <laughs> uh, when, do you know what? I'm going to give this a crack. So I, I sort of just launched myself into it and I did did a bunch of research. The great sort of skill base, I guess, you have as a consultant is you, you're adept at getting into the nitty gritty really fast because that's what you've had to do. Whenever you get a new client, you've got to deep dive in and really figure out what's going on. So I just sort of leapt in really (laughs) with great naivety um, uh, and built it out from there and, you know, found a a brilliant small agency to help me build a, you know, a a small platform in Shopify and, and get it started, build that kind of minimum viable product and, and get going. And, and happily, whilst I was doing that, the narrative around the fashion industry shifted with it. And everyone started to talk a lot about, more about repair, reware, reselling, you know, all these amazing things that we can do. So I, I'm kind of hoping that in time, I'm going to be able to put my hand up and say, I'm at the front of the wave, guys. This is where you need to be. Oh, I love that. Yeah, let's all aim to be on the front of that wave. Um, <laughs> Quick question before we move on to the next big question is, um, Lucy, would you like to give that amazing Shopify agency a quick shout out? Yes, a few great women. You can't go wrong with a name like that, can you? Um, <laughs> uh, it's a, a fantastic kind of uh, associate model, if you like, key consultants, expert consultants in the variety of their fields working together to help uh, crazy people like me either build a new platform or develop the one that they have um, and and take it forward in all the e-commerce consultancy roles that you might need. Um, so they they built it with me and now they hold my hand when I'm panicking and need to be told something really basic, how something works. <laughs> <laughs> they sound like the perfect agency. And I think it's, it, you know, we're, we often talk on this show about the fact that we need to to help the customer to make better choices because that kind of paralyzing inability to make a decision leads us to make bad decisions and there's so much confusion out there and all the rest of it so I think I think it's commendable you decided that that as well as doing this via your other existing activity channels you decided that you would create that example of how we can or a working living breathing example of how we can help consumers change their behavior I guess that that makes sense because looking at the business, I you know just taking a look at the website, I was like, wow, Lucy's trying a lot of stuff here. She's got the you know the partners you can buy better clothing from. She's got the circular element going on. She's got the repair element going on. There's a whole education stream. So you're clearly te- and events. Let's not forget events as well. So you're clearly te- been testing a lot of stuff over this first year, which I doubt is long enough to have made any decisions about things you're definitely doing or definitely getting rid of, but. 
was that kind of testing and trying out method part of your plan for for this beginning of the business? Yeah, most definitely. I think um, I I found it really challenging to continually pitch off a spreadsheet and off a PDF, if you like. You know, I was uh, jumping onto calls with people and explaining this uh, this idea, and and people would nod and go, "Yeah, I completely see where you're coming from," but like, what the hell does that look like? I was like, well, exactly. What does it look like? Um, so I, I decided to kind of get a site out as early as I most possibly could. And I'm enormously grateful to those sort of early brands who, who took the leap with me and said, yeah, fine, we'll, we'll appear on it. Um, it, it is a lot of things. Um, and, and that is a constant struggle. And I think I'm still on that process of Again, it's a it's a classic consultant trait, but you cast the net wide and then you niche back in and figure out what you're actual what you're actually really, really, really talking about. Um, I think the the element of we need to lean into the fact that a relationship with what we wear is not just about going to the shops and buying something new. That is the really key essence of what the business is about. Um, and so it always will have quite a lot going on it always will have um the buy well mend extend mantra the mix of new then with repair with upcycling with buying and selling pre-loved um because that's that's what it's all about it's all about demonstrating those behavior changes i suppose and really key for me is demonstrating how beautiful they are like it the world of sustainable fashion is not dressing in sackcloth and giving up your natural style and and all those cultural references and personal confidence and joyfulness that clothes bring it's about still doing all that stuff but just doing it differently so yes it is a lot of things going on I think to your point of like testing and testing and testing lots of different things doing pop-ups all that sort of stuff um I am on the cusp of opening a small bricks and mortar shop and I think that is basically the kind of the the results of my test which is once I'm in front of somebody it's so much easier to see what lands with them and see the sense it makes and actually people get it very very quickly and that's really where the sort of the the success has 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 resided and I think then being able to use that real space as a platform for the online marketing and the socials and all that kind of stuff is going to be the most powerful route for me. It is a difficult, because there isn't a playbook, because it's not done like this. And because you're trying to both learn new business models, as well as tell the story of doing something differently. It's an awful lot to get into, (laughs) get into um, online marketing. Um, So, and then you find you're kind of oversimplifying something that perhaps shouldn't be oversimplified or I don't know, it's just, it's difficult. So um, that's the kind of pivot, the result of the testing process, I guess, that, that is, that is happening. Wow. And I, would you say that's, that's as much to do with needing to have that connection with the customer to be able to understand them to build the business better as it is that that's where the money is going to be coming from so is it the learning as much as the future growth of the business absolutely that yeah most definitely and and I think that's really key it's like the business can't grow until you can understand what the appetite 
is like out there. You know, it's it's all well and good me coming from, you know, with a strong sustainability background for me to be able to join the dots between what we need the fashion fashion industry to do in order to um, be in the right place in 2030, 2050 against all the planetary issues that we have. But supply and demand, right? You can't, I, I could run a not-for-profit off the back of that, but I can't necessarily run a business off the back of that. So um, it, it's about being able to match the pace of change between what the business is doing and what the customer will embrace. Um, and to do that face-to-face is really powerful and what seems to be working better. I mean, it strikes me that you're in a in a super interesting space because you're you're both in a position where you're going to be able to track what the consumer wants and how the consumer's needs are changing, as well as what the industry's interested in and what the industry wants to deliver. And it feels a little bit at the moment like industry's excited about X, but maybe the consumer isn't. And there's a bit of a a gap between the needs and the excitement of what we can and we can't fix. Does that make sense? Is that something you're seeing? Yeah, yeah, I know. I hear you. I think uh, there's all sorts of different things going on. There's there's obviously different customer profiles. You know, you can't you can't uh, lean away from the fact that there's a whole bunch of customers who just aren't engaged in this at all, and they they just want to keep their quick click, you know, high level consumption churning through. And the fact, obviously, that the massive marketing marketing machines of the big box brands are are the biggest loudest voice and they are still pushing a, a linear model what you know what you classically call a linear model versus a circular model so you can't lean away from that that's 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 the where that's the place that we're in we get very excited about the positives of the of the sustainable fashion industry but you know it, we can't lean away from the fact that the biggest noise is the is the mainstream um so but then it's also sort of a case of um just wanting to continually fine and tweak what's what people really want to happen and actually there is this strange disconnect and it and it's quite difficult to it's quite difficult to bridge sometimes you kind of I think you kind of really need that face-to-face contact to really figure it out because people come up with so many different takes and issues and trying to sort of mold that into a really meaningful and sort of inspirational strategy marketing strategy is it's really really difficult trying to you know find that niche because we're not you know we're not going to you you can niche into the the green consumer as it were um but we're not gonna we're not gonna drive enough change or i'm not gonna unearth those amazing nuggets of information that play back into the broader industry which is what i would really love to do um if i just go sales 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 niche 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 green green consumer it's not going to happen. I, I think there's enough confused consumers who in their heart would like to do better, but just have no idea how to do it. That if you, if we can all start cracking the how to help them, then that's where we can, can have the biggest impact. And yeah, there's always going to be a load of outliers who just want to be dressed in plastic that they buy every week. Then you know, that's fine. You stay over there. The rest of us will, you know, we'll get on with it. But with these conversations you're having with consumers, are you finding, because my, like my hypothesis within all of this is that if we can help the consumer make the better decisions, so help them deal with their uncertainty, should I care about water? Is plastic bags bad? Should I buy secondhand? 
if I buy something great that's made of silk or cotton that I wear for 10 years, is that okay? All these, you know, these kind of crazy stuff that's going through our head. If we can help a consumer make a good decision around that, is that what they want us to be doing for them at the moment? Or do they just want us to change our packaging from plastic to cardboard? I'd say I'd say the former now. I think um, I think when we, we're all this stuff's moving really quickly, and but I do think we're moving through a um, a time of of um, just sort of awareness, if you like. I think the awareness button has has already been pressed, and you, people, even if they don't know, don't go down to the detail they don't know you know the kind of relative difference between a water impact and a carbon impact or a you know they they're kind of like i i get it i get the fact that polyester is bad i get the fact it's better to be in natural fibers i get the fact that you know we shouldn't be putting our clothes in the bin you know there are sort of some key points that people are comfortable with and and i also find that to a degree people don't really want to go further than that you know we we all have so much going on in our lives that actually we, it's sort of overload <laughs> it's and unless you are you know passionately interested and you know really intrigued by it and it's something you want to do a deep dive into you know the other stuff that you have to deal with in life takes up plenty enough of your headspace so um it i think it is um helpful for people to have a bit of choice editing now have that sort of we just don't stock that. So you just don't need to worry about it. Um, and you can come here and, and enjoy what you like and what you enjoy. But on the flip side, I think people also, they want to, they want to be able to have the choice to engage with more detail if, if, it, if, they, if they're ready and if they have time to do it. So I think it's about making things accessible and making that journey um, making that journey easy for them. So they can almost like, you know, in a document, you do like the short read and the long read, or, you you know, it's, it's that sort of piece. It's like, if they just pop in and out, they need to feel comfortable that stuff is covered and feel reassured. But on, if they want to know more, there needs to be the routes for them to go and find it. And, and I think the key thing is it needs to really go back to, um, to the joy, the joy and the inspiration and the aspiration of it. I think, I think for too long, in many ways, in many parts of the sustainability world, we sort of stayed in this zone of, well, if I give them this huge, amazing fact that is mind blowing and terrible, of course, they're going to change their mind. Mm, Not so much. It's like, you know, we've been doing that for a long time now, and it's moved a certain percentage of the population, but it's not, we've not gone over the tipping point because as I said, there's a hell of a lot of other stuff going on in people's lives. So I think people, a bit of choice editing editing is great. That reassurance of things being covered and that ability to go and find more information if they want to, but actually a lot of people want to go back to the inspiration, the aspiration, the joy, and just, I'm, I can do this and still follow my style, still really enjoy what I'm doing, still, you know, not feel like I'm having something taken away from me or a sense of lack. It, it's, it's fun. It's good. It's positive. And by the way, we've taken the negatives out for you. I think, I think that's what people want to hear. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Are you part of the free Chloe's e-commerce club? 
Why not? It's my free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. It's all about helping you improve your e-commerce business, solving your marketing challenges, getting advice from other retailers who are facing the same challenges as you right now. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you too, which makes it the only place where you can get my help one-on-one. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. Come on and join me now. Just Just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come on, join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. Do you, like me, have a bit of a software tools habit? Well, I love a good tool and the impact it can have on my business. For me, a good tool is one that solves a problem we have, that can save me and my team time, that improves performance and where the price is 100% worth it. That's why I've always got an eye on the latest tools to appear on AppSumo. Not heard of it? AppSumo is a site where you can buy key software tools for your business once and own them forever. For example, we use a tool I bought from AppSumo in 2020 for $49 to schedule all our Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook posts. In fact, whilst creating and promoting this very episode, me and the team will have used at least 10 tools I've bought from AppSumo. I'm a big fan. So go on, check out what's on offer right now by going to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. That's ecmp.info slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O. And I bet you'll find a brilliant solution for at least one of your problems. Go to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. Lucy, my mind is still spinning from the answer you gave us before the top tips because you packed so much into that. But are you ready for the top tips? Yes, I think so. I have to self-limit, but I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, audience, just so you know, Lucy is a regular listener. uh, And she was telling me before we hit record that uh, she's really struggled to reduce these to one one answer per tip. So I suspect you might be about to get quite a lot of advice here. (laughs) Okay. Lucy, first up then, as you know, is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book or books would you recommend? Right. So the brilliant thing about the pandemic was that everybody wrote a book, right? So there are just so many amazing books out there at the moment about sustainability and in fashion, but I've actually gone one book, one report, if that's okay. So the book is um, The Solutionists, How Businesses Can Fix the Future by Solitaire Townsend. It's quite a recent publication. And the lovely thing about this book is, as the title suggests, it's all about moving forward in solutions, into solutions. So over the last years, we've talked a lot about the problems and the impacts in sustainable business, but now it's about, well, what do we do about it? And the great thing about this book is it plays into what kind of personality type you are, what your skills are, how you can get involved. So it covers all sorts of different areas, fashion included, but not only just fashion. And it's one of those books that can hopefully fire people up to look at their own job, their own world, their own sector and do it differently. So that's my top tip for a book. Loving that. I've not heard of that one. So I'm going to have to go and add it to a wish list. And what's the report? 
you're going to recommend us, Lucy? The report has just come out from the UN and it is called the Sustainable Fashion Communication Playbook. And this is a brilliant document that essentially gives anybody working in fashion the kind of framework, the tips, the checklists, the reasons to um, look at their communications, their marketing, their PR, their events, their socials, everything about communicating sustainable fashion or communicating fashion more sustainably. Um, so it's a it's just a brilliant resource where everyone for the last few years has been shouting about the challenges and the problems, but there hasn't really been tools for people to get a hold of to move forward. This is the report to do it. So anybody working in in any kind of role in the fashion world, I recommend reading this. I love that um, that hot off the press report. I think we put it out in one of our email newsletters at the beginning of the month. And as we record this, I've still only flicked through it. But I am hoping by the time everyone's hearing this, I will have read it too, because it's um, a phenomenal piece of work from the UN and um, quite awesome that they've produced that, I think. So thank you so much for that, that one. And the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Um, so we do really well on our email, um, you know, send out. Um, we are kind of over 70% opening rate and about 55% click through. So we love that. Um, and we are also really big on Pinterest, love Pinterest and love the, the sort of ability to engage people on the topics as well as on the products. So I think, you know, people, it's, it's a, it's, it feels like more of a calm social space, doesn't it? Pinterest, less sort of anxiety driven. Um, and, uh, so that, that works really well for us. We have really good click through rates on that too. Nice. Loving that Two organic channels as well. Tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that's making you and your team more efficient from day to day? Well, being mega newbie to this world, I'm probably not going to come out with anything that others won't already use. But I mean, we, we just live on Canva, really, um, and team share on there and lots of lots of collaborative work going on within that zone. Um I think from a more kind of broader sustainable business side of things, it, it's geeky for us. It's about tracking um, carbon footprints and um, getting brilliant top tips about how you can shift that and change that. So those would be the two tools that we like the most, I think. And how are you tracking your carbon footprints? At the moment, we are tracking uh, Collar's own, if you like, scope one footprint. Um, so the energy that we use, and we can happily keep that very low in the way the business is set up. But stage two now is to look at our ecosystem. So look at the energy usage of the brands, um, the footprints of, of the of the kind of network itself, the footprint of our um, comms, the footprint of um, putting ads out, all those kinds of things, and start to look at it really holistically. So it looks more scary. But then it's more realistic to, in terms of how you halve it by 2030 and net zero it by 2050. Just nice. stick those goals in there for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, step by step, take it step by step. Yeah. 
Okay, and finally, the carbon top tip. What's your favourite way to reduce the carbon footprint of an e-commerce store? I think it has to be about the advertising and about the marketing because that really is the biggest kind of hidden carbon footprint, I would say. So I think it's for it's it's still a huge learning area, um, so, but I think it's the area that work that people will push away for as long as possible. And then once we can actually start to get a handle on what that is, then you're looking at a more holistic footprint for an e-commerce store. It's the most challenging for sure. And I haven't got a handle on ours. So I'm definitely, you know, not saying there's an easy route to fix that. But I think that's my biggest tip for people to focus on. And the good news, that's one of those areas that a lot of marketing agencies and marketing analytics companies seem to be trying to work out how to do for us so um before anyone starts dreaming up an incredibly complex spreadsheet and doing a huge amount of research into all the different elements of their marketing there are people working on that for you and there's a couple of solutions in beta i think at the moment so um as is so often the case with sustainability you find something really hard to do and then someone solves the problem for you Love that piece of advice. So Lucy, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social, please? Yes. So our website is www.collar.co.uk. We are on Instagram at collar underscore fashion. We're on Pinterest and Facebook with the same addresses. And we would absolutely love you to sign up to our email newsletters because that's the place we love to be the most. Excellent. And it sounds like we're going to learn an awful lot as consumers and as marketers if we do that. So uh, definitely worth doing. Um, Lucy, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce masterplan podcast, for being so generous, sharing your experience with us. It's been an utter pleasure catching up with you. Thank you very much indeed for having me. It's been great. So whether you're a fashion retailer or a normal retailer, I think Lucy's thoughts there should have given you plenty to think about, especially there's a whole load of good stuff in the top tips, but also her last answer before we went to the top tips around what it, how we can best help consumers to buy from us and to make better decisions. I thought that that was a, a fascinating set of insights she's picked up over the last 12 months. And the other key thing to tell you before I, uh, I go into the next bit of the episode is... Uh, I mentioned in the top tips that there's loads of people creating tools to help you measure the carbon impact of your marketing. Well, one of those we had on the web on the podcast even earlier this year was Jay Cowell talking about how to take a more sustainable approach to your marketing. And she's talking about tracking it and various bits and pieces. So that's episode 45. And we had another one on keep optimizing earlier this year during attribution month, which I will make sure we add into the show notes of this episode for you as well. So loads of stuff to help you do that. Don't let that feel overwhelming. It's a lot easier to do than you think. To get your hands on all those notes from this episode, including the top tips and links to all the different stuff we mentioned, you can go to ecommercemasterplan.com or use our short link ecmp.info forward slash whatever the number of this episode is. Put that into the URL bar and you'll go straight to the correct page of the website. Save yourself a couple of clicks. When you get to the website, make sure you add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the things I share to help you improve your business. So if you're on our email list about four weeks ago, you would have got 
me telling you to go and download that sustainability fashion communication report from the UN, which if you're in fashion is an absolute must read. If you're not in the fashion sector, then it's a kind of like a flick through and take some good bits from it because there's a load of stuff in that report. And as I said, I am working my way through it at the moment. Now, if you want um, more on fashion, then have a look at ecmp.info forward slash fashion where you will find all our fashion episodes. Simple as that. If you want to go and binge on me talking fashion to our guests, ecmp.info forward slash fashion. Thank you for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I mentioned earlier in those top tips about how if you think something's really, 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 really tough to work out in the sustainability space, sooner or later, someone will solve the problem for you. And that's what's happened with tracking the carbon and offsetting the carbon that's created by us making these podcasts and you listening to these podcasts. That's been done for me by an amazing product called Carbon Positive. Loving the name. Um, so you are listening carbon guilt free to all the podcast episodes we uh, we put out. So um, thank you so much to Carbon Positive for making that possible. Finally, I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including becoming more sustainable. So if you know someone this show can help, please, please, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a brilliant week and never forget to keep optimizing your business. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.